You know, Pete, I feel like every single time uh, we start the show, I always start it the exact same way. I always hmm. say, I always say, well, hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of, and then I wait, and then you say, the movie man, I don't want to start it that way. So I'm starting it this way instead. How do you feel about sure. that? I really don't care. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's the commitment and dedication to our cause that I was... You know, ex- oh, I mean, expecting from you. It's like when you make a salad, do you put the dressing in last or do you put the anchovies in second last? It doesn't really matter. The ingredients all come out the same. All the important thing is to convey we're the movie men. Thanks for listening and welcome. That's it doesn't not, matter what order and what way you do it. That's not true. The order, the order in which you put a salad together is a very delicate and intricate, uh, you know, art form. Yeah. I used a horrible, horrible comparison. You did. You did. Anyway. Uh, so anyway. anyways, hey everyone and welcome to another episode of... The Movie Man. Damn it. Uh. <laughs> oh, well. Next, next time. What right. do we... What's what's going on, Pete? Talk to me. Well, um, should I get some housekeeping out of the way? Sure. Yeah. If you yeah. if you feel like you've got some things to, to clean up and take care of. Yeah. So uh, this is the... Movie Men podcast. We're continuing our uh, Star Wars um, mini series. Um, for those that listen and follow us on Podbean, thank you. If you don't listen and follow us on Podbean, we're available on iTunes now. So listen and subscribe on iTunes, and please give us a good rating and leave us a good review. It really does help us. And can I like say, us on? Can I? Sorry, oh, yeah. can I just interject? As much as I, please. as much as I fundamentally hate <laughs> Apple as a corporation. And as an ideology and as a cult in general, I'm very excited that we're on iTunes. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. Welcome to the cult. Thank you. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Support us if you feel so inclined on Patreon. And reach out to us by sending us a message on Facebook or emailing us at themoviemenpodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase. Um, one more piece of housekeeping. It's the first episode of the month, so it's time for our monthly thank you to our tier two and above Patreon supporters. So, me- me- meaning, this episode- me- meaning what, Pete? What does that mean? Like, how do how do I become how do I become a tier two supporter, and what does what does that mean for me? Right. So, uh, go on to the link that will be below this episode, and go on to Patreon, and there are four different tiers that you can choose. And if you're on tier two, three, or four, that means you get a monthly thank you on our episode, just like Daphne Kirkpatrick just got right now. Daphne. So thank you, Daphne. Way to go. We really appreciate Daphne's it. Daphne's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So the four tiers, uh, just a personal thank you message is the entry level tier. Shout out on the show is two. Increasing voting power is the third tier. And bonus content is the fourth tier. And if you're the highest tier you are, you get everything in the tiers below you. Go check it out. You know those you know those memes online where it's like this is so and so be like so and so? No. Do you no? There'd be like, oh, this is this is Doug. Doug's not an asshole. Be like Doug. Oh. So that I think that originates ironically from the those Apple commercials, right? Where there'd be the two actors and like Doug's a Mac Doug's a IBM. Don't be like Doug. He doesn't he's not compatible with whatever. Right. The IBM guy, the compu- the PC guy is a guy that actually has a family and a job. And the <laughs> and the and the and the MacBook guy is like a pot smoking 
Hipster. I, forget, I forget the dynamics of who was being uplifted in the commercial, but I think that's the origin of that meme. Anyways, all of that is to say Daphne supports us on Patreon. Be like mm-hmm. Daphne. Daphne's great. Yeah. Yeah. Daphne is great. Thank yeah. you, Daphne. Um, yeah. So this, uh, as Pete said, this is a continuation of a series that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. To see the last relevant episode, see it, listen to it. Uh, to listen to the episode that we did on A New Hope, go and check out the link posted down below. Um, yeah, we're working through all the Star Wars movies between now and the release of The Rise of Skywalker. So that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very exciting. An undertaking. An undertaking, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. Um, one final piece of uh, housekeeping mm-hmm. is that in the process of, uh, you know, traveling through the jungle on our way to record this episode we came ac- right. we came across a homeless jungle person um who is surprisingly fluent in movies and critiquing them for being a homeless jungle person yes it's yeah i'm not sure he's a homeless jungle person but he's very good at critiquing movies oh okay see you told me before anyways never mind that's um, the only way you'd let me have him on the show it's true i wanted a homeless jungle person and yeah. So the fact that You're I really feel specific. like I have one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show, Jesse. We've hey got guys, Jesse Vaughn. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. I feel like Jesse's gotten at least one shout out or one. I feel like you've you, Pete's brought him up like five or six teen hundred times um, <laughs> during various episodes. Like anytime there's a story, yeah. like I've got I've got a. a, a catalog of friends that i reference in this show and pete no pete's got one guy he's like oh yeah but jesse voth it's it's true jesse jesse is a connoisseur of movies so when like most of the unique movies i'm like oh yeah i should give a shout out because of this it's because of jesse most of my other friends are like hey we should watch rambo 27 and it's like well that's not worth talking about so yeah he's the common denominator I think Pete, Pete, and I have we've. I think we've known each other for like about ten years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've been watching movies and discussing them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Yeah. That's how. That's that the sense. genesis of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's as far as I'm concerned. That. Uh, that qualifies. <laughs> I mean, that qualifies you if anything qualifies you. So that's you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we watched Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah. Is it Emp- Is it the Empire? I think it's just Empire. Um, according to my VHS of the special edition, which is in front of me, the word the is in front of it. Yeah, I guess it would have to be. That's yeah. g- grammar matters, kids. Right. It is the Empire. It is yeah. the, right. yeah. It's not a, it's mm. not, it's not a Empire. It's the right. Empire. Yeah. It's not one of many. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, I, right off the bat, first impression, mm-hmm. before we break into it and dissect it for all of the wonderful, you know, goodness that it is, um, mm-hmm. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, Pete, yay or nay? Um, I think yay. I mean, it's a strong second chapter to the original trilogy, and some would argue it's the best of the three. Many, um, ma- and- many people, uh, I would say, above any other Star Wars film, many, many people, this is their favorite one. Right. 
And although, so, what, although what, not what always. I was no, not always. And I so some people would argue that it's the best of the trilogy, and by the extension of all the Skywalker saga movies. To which I just want to make a note that I just need to acknowledge. Personally, I and myself, Jesse is included in this. We're we appreciate the prequels. I'm not here to start a war about are the prequels better <laughs> or worse. That's we're not here today to start that. That's we, a, that's in a that's a, that's in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, yes, obviously, Empire is a good movie, and it's a strong movie, and it builds off of a New Hope. It's more it's improved depth from a New Hope. New Hope's a little flat, so Empire has better plot, a better character development, better thematic elements. So yeah, overall, yay. On okay. Empire. And Jesse, The Empire Strikes Back, yay or nay? Yeah, definitely yay for me. Absolutely. Um, I mean, in terms of general general impressions, I I I don't have too much to add. Um, but I yeah, I I def it's definitely my favorite of the original trilogy. Um, I yeah, I, I I think it's definitely one of the best in the saga overall. So hmm. yeah. All right. And uh, yeah. Mr. Brady A, what what are your thoughts? Yay or nay? Uh, definitely yay. Um, I I wouldn't. Um, I I wouldn't put it in the category of my favorite, um, okay. but having thought about that this morning, um, I don't know if I could name my favorite Star Wars film. Um, like you know, I I I feel like I could I could name a top three. Um, sure, and I do know my well, uh, yeah. I could name my top three, um, and I don't, but they wouldn't be in any specific order. Um, and right. so, but uh, Empire would be among them. Empire would be in the top three, or top, mm. Empire would be in the top four, for sure. Sure. Um, yeah, and there's, a, there's, there's eight of them, so it's, it's, you know, it's above 50%, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, when choosing your favorite Star Wars movie, it, it can be like, what do you like better, oxygen or water? Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, you know, yeah. Especially of the prequel and the original three, like those are more near and dear to people's hearts. There's some debate on the newer ones, but especially with the original six, I'm going to call them, it's it's how do you pick your favorite? It's very hard. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I would say... It's it. That's true for most Star Wars films. I think if we were comparing the Phantom Menace with the Last Jedi, then you know it's kind of like, well, do you prefer smoking or do you prefer vaping? Turns out both are gonna kill you. But <laughs> wow, those are them's fighting words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phantom Menace gets a bad rap. But that's another day's debate. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I think the other thing that that has to be taken into consideration when you're trying to make a ranking is the nostalgia factor Um, oh yeah because obviously there's nostalgia is a huge part of the conversation and depending on which films you watched at what point in your childhood and how many times you watched them and what particular memories you have associated with them i think that that has a big impact on which ones you you rank higher or lower oh for sure like someone someone born in the 2000s is is almost certainly going to favor or at least uh really enjoy the prequels because that Mm -hmm. was that was their that's their star wars right that's what they know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. which which you can't you know 
you can't fault them for. Mm. Um, this is, uh, you know, there's a lot in this film that uh, really kind of introduces, there's a lot of new concepts and new things introduced into this movie. Um, mm. we, we hear about the Force in A New Hope, but we don't see it used very much. We don't really, you know, it's just kind of this um, invisible thing that holds everything together. We're not really sure what all the force is capable of. Um, mm-hmm. We see a lot more force use in this movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Right? We see the force pull. We, like we, I think our first use of the force in this movie is Luke in the Wampa um, cave. Mm-hmm. And he he uses the he uses the force to to pull his lightsaber out of the snow. Mm-hmm. So my my question would be, and I, and I'm not 100 percent sure. How long after the events of A New Hope are we saying this is? Hmm. Yeah. Um. Long enough. I I have no idea. I would say a few months. I mean, has I think probably it's, no longer it's than some that. time. I think it's yeah. some time. I could be wrong, but and and obviously this isn't necessarily canon. But mm-hmm. I believe that the, I believe that a novel was written that was set between the two. Oh, okay. um, oh I, probably. I can't remember the name of it, but I I think the impression, the general impression, is that there's a fair amount of time, a fair amount oh. of years, like year, maybe even years of war have been. Oh, okay. Have been going okay. by. At least that's been my impression. I think. I mean, sure. yeah, I, I don't know. I think there, there are things that both support and um, contradict that theory. I think that, mm. you know, um, I mean, I wonder where, I mean, right from the get-go, and already in, in A New Hope, it seems that Luke is already strong with the Force. He doesn't have it, He hasn't had any training. Um mm. But he's got enough force used to be able to shut off his nav computer and, you know, hit the hit the target. Um, and in this one, like it, I just wonder how much practicing he's had and what that practicing looks like. Um, mm. Like the fact that he knows to try to pull the lightsaber out of the snow and mm-hmm. is successful in doing it. Um, obviously struggles with it a little bit at first, but then eventually pulls it off. Um, he has, he hasn't obviously like we hear Obi-Wan's voice appear to Luke at the end of a new hope, but it's not Mm. until, um, it's not until he's dying out in the blizzard on Hoth that, Mm. um, Luke actually sees, actually sees a physical manifestation of Obi-Wan. So it's not like, you know, he hasn't met Yoda at this point, so he's not, Mm. he's not training with Yoda. And it doesn't seem like Obi-Wan's probably, you know, giving him very much support when it comes to honing these skills. We, we don't know. I mean, Luke wasn't surprised by Obi-Wan's appearance. So maybe he's making weekly sessions of, Hey Luke, let's, let's jam with the force here. And I mean, I don't know how else he would have been training, right? Like, I'm not familiar enough with canon and mm. yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really imagine that. I mean, I, I think this is all speculation, but mm-hmm. I think, I think like when he sees Obi-Wan in the snow, I mean, he's, he's dying, he's suffering. I, 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 right. I don't know if, if, <laughs> you know, registering, right. Oh, I, I'm surprised to see you isn't necessarily right. 
in the, the t- yeah the first thing that's going to come to mind for him i think yeah mm-hmm. i th- i think he um, i think he's surprised and confused um fair enough. i i think fair the enough. fact that he's he's half dead at this point is right. is um is stopping him from being overly expressive about it but he definitely you know he's laying there and he goes ben like he's right you know is this is this a hallucination of the fact that i'm like am i hypothermic and so i'm i'm seeing old dead guys or am i you know like what's Mm -hmm. right what's going on it also and uh, also just a poor little side note i did feel bad for mark hamill because he pulled a kind of a old hollywood stunt here he went inside of a tauntaun in an effort to win an oscar and it didn't work like it did for leo and um i I just felt bad for him you know when leo climbed in that horse in the revenant that earned him his oscar and well didn't work for mark hamill sure um so so something to note um harrison ford using luke's lightsaber to open up the tauntaun is Mm. the only prior to force awakens when finn finn gets his hands on one um it is the only example of a non- Jedi or a non lightsaber user wielding a lightsaber. Mm. So it's not something we just, it's not something we see very often. At, at this point, this was the first you're saying. This is right. the first, and then we don't see it again until The Force Awakens. Right. Well, yeah. General Grievous wasn't a Jedi. But he, no, but he wasn't a Jedi, but he had been trained with lightsabers. Oh, fair. Count, yep. du- Count okay. Dooku had trained him to fight, fair. you know. So yep. yeah, not a not a Jedi, not necessarily a Force user, but a lightsaber wielder. He was right. for sure. He knew he knew what he was doing with those lightsabers, for sure. So yeah, so I mean that's you know those are all. It's there's just there's so much introduced right off right off the bat right that makes mm-hmm. again just makes me wonder. I don't know. I don't know how long it's been. I, I it seems. It seems like they have they've celebrated the victory of the Death Star, um, but a short-lived celebration is they've just continued to flee for their lives, so to speak. Well, but they're still. I mean, yeah, they've yes, they've defeated the Death Star, but that doesn't um, that hasn't done anything about their numbers, right? So yeah, I guess mm. anyone any Imperial officers and stormtroopers that were on the Death Star when it blew are now dead, um, mm. but the Empire is still big. Like they've got a oh, yeah. lot. They've got a lot of resources um, yeah. that the rebels just simply don't have. The rebels are a small knit group, and not because people don't, um, not because people don't identify with their cause. I think they're. I think everyone's just scared shitless. People are like, "I'm not going up against the. I'm. I'm not doing that." Right. right? Being a rebel. Mm. Being a rebel is kind of one of those. You're likely not going to live. You're. You're kind of cannon fodder. Um, yeah. but, or Bantha fodder in this case, but, um, but for a cause like you're, you know, it, it's, it's a word it's, they're, they're, they're not just sacrificing themselves. They're, um, you know, they're doing it for the betterment of, of defeating the emperor, which must seem so helpless at times. Well, I think if you like, if you compare it with any kind of historical reference, whether it be in times of war, just any type of tyranny, kind of overlording over like an oppressed people, yeah, it would take it would be pretty hopeless. It would be pretty terrifying to put yourself out on a limb for what you perceive as right. 
and you're really risking everything like your life the life of your friends your cohorts um it, there's there's a there's a lot of realism in in uh, the rebel alliance in this in this movie oh absolutely yeah and they've definitely they've also definitely they've had enough time to regroup they've had enough time to to set up this other base and clearly the empire has been been looking for them for a while looking for them they've, so, they've dispatched mm-hmm. all of these probes mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah. so <laughs> things kind of wrap up on uh wrap up on hoth and then what's interesting is it's it's the the majority of this movie um mm-hmm. all of our heroes are kind of separate right luke yeah. luke's got his own you know luke's doing his own thing um, mm-hmm. For most of this movie, which is you know, yeah. which is very interesting. The only, yeah, they're only. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this it. Oh, hang on a sec here. What's going on? Okay, I voice connect now. Lost both of you guys for a second. Yeah, I, I lost you guys too for a second. I think I've got you guys yeah, back. Yeah, I think now. we're back. Um, so give me cool. one sec. Let me, whenever cool. you're ready, Pete. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, essentially the main characters are together for just a brief period at the beginning, and then they all kind of disperse. Luke goes to Dagobah, and then the rest of the characters are pursued by the Empire or fleeing from the Empire, and... Eventually, some of them meet up again, but only briefly. Yeah, absolutely. This this yeah. movie marks kind of the beginning of what I have perceived. I, I mean, A New Hope is sort of like this a little bit, um, mm. but these movies to me have very clearly defined acts, mm. right? Like, and and they're sort of broken up by geographical location, really. So the the first segment the first act of this film is clearly hoth and the act mm. clearly ends like usually when i'm watching a movie people talk about oh at the end of the first act and i'm like i i don't know where that i don't know what you're referring to like what is <laughs> what is the first act what is the second act of this film it's not right. it's not super clear to me um mm. whereas in this case yeah like the the end of the first <laughs> act is very clearly when they successfully get off of Hoth. And right. L- Luke is saying, thanks again, guys. I, you know, I owe you one or whatever, right? Like that whole, you know, whatever, right. you know, that, yeah. that they're headed off separate ways thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, 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 and then again, the, the third act kind of starts with them arriving at, uh, or Luke arriving at, um, cloud city right, right. so there's there's right. there's very clear and i mean return of the jedi when we get to that is the exact same way right the mm. opening act is all on tatooine right mm. right and the middle act is all mostly on um endor and endor mm-hmm. bleeds into the third act but the third act is is really the portion that's like the space battle and it's cutting back and forth between the space battle what's going on in endor and luke hmm. and vader in the emperor's chamber um right so yeah right. These, these movies to me are very um 
very compartmentalized, right? They've got their own kind of little sections. I think also that the the films themselves are each acts as well. Mm. So I think they're sort of you have acts within acts. I think right, um, and. Um, one of the things I was going to comment on about this film in particular, um, which I, I, and I, I'm, I'm not the first person to have this idea, but I, I think this, this film, um, is, it, it is the second act, which I think is partially why it's so successful, which we could talk mm. about, um, as well, because it actually mm. is a second act. It's not just a sequel. Mm. And, but, but, um, secondary to that, it, it kind of contains in miniature the whole story. Hmm. So within its three acts, it contains the three acts of the trilogy. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, sort of on a miniature scale. Like it has, if you look at the beginning, um, you know, you have, you have Luke being, being called by Obi-Wan again at the beginning mm. of this film. And then you have right. his, his sort of, his his travel to Dagobah and his training with Yoda and his his um, I guess you'd you'd call it if it you know his sort of descent into the underworld I suppose to to <laughs> confront himself right. and then his sort of his 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 rising out of that to go and 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 face Vader, which in mm. in a way which is if you just expand it to the whole trilogy is the three acts of the trilogy itself. Hmm. Um, Interesting. That's so deep. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I would I mean I would definitely agree that this is act 2. And and I mean so much so that like this film has a climax, but I wouldn't say that this film in itself is climactic. Right? This this is a very no. cliffhangery film, right? Mm, like it's a very definitely. this movie ends and it's not really it's not a hey we we won kind of ending it's oh, not no. a, there's no success no, no. at the end of this right no the, the no end of resolution this, the, the end of this movie happens and the general tone is just kind of well crap now what <laughs> right it's, it's right. this very helpless kind of yeah. kind of feeling that you're left with so hmm. but um yeah so so they leave endor and luke goes mm-hmm. to dagobah yep and um I man, I don't have the I don't have the added benefit. Like I wish I could go back and experience Star Wars for the first time again. Hmm. Um without any spoilers or easter eggs or whatever. Like I wish I could just watch all of the films and not not know anything. Right? right. Because I imagine like sitting in a theater at the <laughs> end of the 70s. Was this movie come out 79? 80 80 it came out in 80 okay sitting sitting in a movie theater in 1980 Mm -hmm. and you would have no reason at all to suspect that this um primitive seeming somewhat crazy unintelligent irritating being is the jedi master that we've that we've flown all the way to dagobah to see (laughs) right Right now, now we watch the film and you go, oh, it's, it's, it's funny because it's, you know, Yoda's basically, basically playing around with him, right? Like, yeah, it's entertaining to see Yoda troll Luke and you go, okay, Yoda, you're testing his patience and yeah, you you don't suspect it at all. 
testing his patience and also just like keep in mind at this point yoda hasn't um <laughs> i mean there's a couple things to consider yoda's been there by himself for a long time he's been in exile probably like 20 plus years 20 plus years right uh yeah. well yeah let's we'll say like 18 19 years however yeah however old do you think luke is yeah um, which I think he's 17 in A New Hope. Okay. So, so yeah. we'll say he's like 19, maybe 19 here. Sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Yoda's exiled himself, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, for two reasons. One, to keep himself alive because mm-hmm. all the Jedi are being hunted down and, and slaughtered. And two, yep. I think Yoda feels a little bit of... Um, I don't a little bit of shame, a little bit of, you know, like the the Sith rose up and took over right underneath his nose and and he didn't know that it was happening and the prophecy turned out to be, you know, Yoda says um the prophecy may have been misread and this, you know, everything may not be all it's cracked up to be and mm-hmm. Yoda I think Yoda feels like a failure. Sure. Um and so anyways, he's so it's it's possible that this exile mint, is that a word? Ex- exilement? Exilation? Ex ex his exile existence? Exilification yeah. has um <laughs> no. has uh has turned him a little loopy. Right? Like well, he's talking yeah. to like I think swamp, it's definitely possible. He's yeah. talking yeah. to like swamp creatures and swamp creatures alone. Like that's his you know, right. that's his yeah. su- that's his support group, right? His sponsor <laughs> is a friggin' swamp thing, and that's um, his although although we do know that he does know how to commune with the Force ghosts of other people, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he Which, may have been in communion with with you know other with with right. Obi Wan and with Qui Gon and <clears throat> potentially yeah. others. Which apparently is not a very well known Force ability. Um, no. because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's not till the very end of episode three that, right. um, that Yoda says to Obi-Wan, like, I have training for you to do. And yeah. Obi-Wan's like training for what? Like what? Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm good. I don't need training. And, um, <laughs> Yoda's like, I've, you know, I, I will teach you how to communicate with your old apprentice or your old master. Yeah. Man, and yeah. Ewan McGregor goes, Qui-Gon? Right? But, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's uh, apparently, like, it, through, throughout the original trilogy, we just took it as, okay, well, you know, when a, when a mm. Jedi dies, they're capable of coming back and talking to whoever they want, and anyone can see it, and it is what yeah. it is. But apparently... That's th- what Luke does. Like, Luke doesn't have to do a darn thing. No, but I wonder if it's because Obi-Wan had that training. Yeah, maybe. Like, I wonder I if... I wonder if in order to establish a link with the other side, um, you have to, one of the two people, you know, during that Skype call have to have, uh, have, have to have done the training. They have to know what it's all about. Right? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But, I've always um, assumed that it was the, the, the dead person who had to make the, the mm. who had to do the work to sort of reach out um, and that they could, they could probably even present themselves as a ghost to to even a non-force user. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. But I could be wrong about that. That's just maybe. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I've just always assumed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
do you think this is this is a little bit of a tangent from empire but it's it's definitely got to do with force ghosts um uh over under um over under what 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 amount do i want to say here we'll say over under 60 percent that hayden christensen hayden christensen shows up in rise of skywalker as either a force ghost uh well definitely as a force ghost but either as himself or as vader o- hmm. over, over under 60 percent. what do you think hmm i how does that how does that, how would that work though because he i feel like he can't show up as vader anymore because he's is no longer vader right yeah so chances but, are he would show up as anakin sure because uh, that's um, that's what he does in the altered version of. Um, I'm I, I'm gonna go below sixty percent just because there's. I feel like the this new trilogy isn't. I don't know. They're not incredibly banking on nostalgia or direct ties to the original six movies, and I I'm not sure if that's the path they're gonna go. I I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm I'm gonna go below sixty percent. And you, Jesse? I'm going to go above. Oh, yeah? Um, I think there's a really good chance of it. I think... I I actually think in the last... Um, and and I, I could be wrong about this. Maybe this is just because I'm looking for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think since um, the... Since um, the eighth movie came out, I think there has been some backlash from people who from our generation who did grow up with the prequels and and uh. there's sort of been this there seems to be online this kind of resurgence or maybe not resurgence but this kind of um people starting to say like oh maybe the prequels weren't so bad or or maybe they had some merits or maybe they had some things we liked and maybe right. we could maybe we could stop hating on them so much now and mm-hmm. and 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 actually you know the Disney has been kind of cutting prequel lovers out of the equation. And, and so I I think just purely almost from an economic point of view, I think that they will potentially be, um, they, they would, I could see them making a move like that to, um, to tie the whole thing together, um, Hmm. both for the fans and just thematically as well to tie, to tie everything up because it is the final film. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, that would be fun to watch. I'm I'm gonna take the over. Yeah. Okay. Um, mostly just because I want them to do it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like Fair. I re- I really want to see like people people get bent out of shape. There's two th- trains of thoughts out there. There's there's one train of thought that goes quit making it like you know when we're all trying to figure out who is Ray. Right. Sure. Who who is Ray related to? Is she a Skywalker? Is she mm. a Kenobi? What the hell is she? Um, and there was a bunch of people who said, why does she have to be anything? Stop making everyone connected to everyone else. Right. Mm, Why does, why does Snoke have to be someone just make her, just make Snoke a new character. That's fine. Just make him someone, you know, and, Hmm. and I can kind of see that, you know, there's a, there's a fear that by making every time you make someone related to someone else, you're effectively making the universe a little bit smaller. Um, mm-hmm. but you know yeah, what, to me, 
the the close knitness and the fact the emphasis on family and the emphasis on descendants and ancestors and and siblings and all that is Star Wars. Mm, that has always I agree. that has always been Star right. Wars. So I'm right. first of all, it's not a collection. Of, it's not a collection of strangers. Yeah. So first of all, I will say, um, and this is the end of this tangent. But first of all, I will say, <laughs> I am not yet convinced that um, that Ray isn't a Skywalker until we actually hear. Like we've heard that her parents were nobody. Sure. And I maybe that was maybe that was Snoke deceiving her, trying to beat mm-hmm. her down and make her feel awful. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I'm not convinced that she's not either a Kenobi or a Skywalker. Otherwise, right. o- otherwise, what's the point in her having these visions when she touches the Skywalker lightsaber hilt? Right, like right. it just it doesn't. So, anyways, um, but I no, I think they're going to get really nostalgic on this one, honestly, because cool. um, Force Awakens was pretty nostalgic. They kind of, yep. you know, they pulled all the stops to kind of make you feel like. Yes, this is in fact definitely Star Wars. Um, and then The Last Jedi kind of did none of that. But keep in mind, The Last Jedi was directed by Ryan Johnson. Mm. And The Last Jedi kind of said F you to a lot of the things that J.J. Uh, Abrams had sort of set up and established in, in Force Awakens. But now mm. that. It, sh- it showed. Now that now that J.J. Abrams is. I think back, it did more than that. I, I, think it, I, I think it was giving the middle finger to more than what abrams had done i think it was was definitely giving you know it was definitely a lot bigger than that yeah but and so so you know now that jj's back honestly i think um i think he's going to set a lot of things right and uh you know and and the end of this the end of this tangent is is basically you know the observation that um uh ryan johnson killed off snoke right killed off jj abrams big crazy bad guy mm. and then jj abrams said okay screw you i'll bring the emperor back to life like i got no <laughs> i whatever i don't need Shoot. i don't need you so mm-hmm. <coughs> but yeah uh excuse me um what were we talking just, about before we got on this crazy tangent uh, ooh, i just wanted was... to make a comment i just oh, wanted yeah. to make a comment about what you were saying about it being ultimately about family um, mm. and 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 that being a good a good um piece of evidence for why they will tie all of those pieces together because um, mm. even lucas lucas said in interviews back in the day he said star wars is ultimately a soap opera oh absolutely it's, right. it's ultimately a soap opera about a family yeah it's, um, it's right. just a so- and, soap opera that happens to take place in outer space exactly <laughs> exactly right, right. Yeah. so i think that's a fundamental element to, element to it oh for mm. sure um so i mean we can't um we can't really talk about empire strikes back without talking about the uh the crown jewel moment of this film Mm. the film that makes everyone go (gasps) what the 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 line the star wars line that even if you have never seen star wars hate star wars and refuse to give star wars a chance you're you you know this line Mm-hmm. When Han Solo says, "I know," yeah, wow, that's a that's a that's a beautiful moment too. That is that honestly, when Leia says, "I love you," and he goes, "I know," it's <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like it's such a it's just such sums a, his character up. 
it's yeah, yeah, it's just totally it's him. You go, oh, absolutely. Girl, There's no, there was no other way for him to, to the women, the women, the women go for the bad boys. Yeah. Um, no. So not only not only is what I'm talking about the most iconic Star Wars quote, it's also the mis mm. most misquoted Star Wars quote. Right. 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 Um, the actual um, line is, "No, I am your father." Right. Mm. Whereas whenever someone quotes it, they tend to say, no, Luke, I am your father. When in fact, Vader right. doesn't say Luke. Right. I mean, it's semantics. It's not a big sure. deal, but it's yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, might not be the most known line because people misquote it, but it is one of the most known scenes or sequences or revelations of something being exposed or what right. have you. Um, so so interesting uh, I- interesting thing about this, when they were filming mm-hmm. it, um, it's, it's very limited. I don't know if, I don't think Mark Hamill knew. Um, mm. James Earl Jones knew because James Earl Jones was voicing Vader beautifully. Obviously, George, yeah. obviously George Lucas knew. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, Nobody else on everyone else on set, um, right. maybe with the exception of Mark Hamill, but the majority of people on set had mm. a fake script that day. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And so even the actor, David Prowse, the actor inside the Vader suit, because the way it worked mm. is David Prowse would say the lines yep. and so that people could interact over him. Um, sure. Which, uh, which is what he's doing for this one. He, he, he. The decision to replace his voice in A New Hope didn't come until post production. So originally, mm-hmm. David Prowse said all the lines in the suit, expecting that his voice was going to be the voice of Vader. And there's a whole big boycotting of Star Wars by David Prowse thing <laughs> around that. But um, yeah, so the the line in everybody's script was. Uh, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father, did he? Mm-hmm. And it, Luke says, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. And the line in the script was, no, Obi-Wan killed your father. Mm. Right? And then Luke's reaction is, no, that's impossible. Like, if if, right. if you say, which, by the way, is like the worst moment. Like, Luke's, Luke's reaction to this is so... <laughs> Like, get over yourself, Pat. Like, I don't know. He's just very melodramatic <laughs> here. Um, but, very juvenile. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but if you if you um, if you watch the scene and you replace "No, I am your father" with "Obi Wan killed your father," the rest of the scene still works. It oh works, yeah, for sure. It works perfectly. There's nothing that Luke right. says or Vader says that, um, except for the "We will rule the galaxy as father and son" thing. But that mm-hmm. was again, who knows. Who knows what he, what he had said? Like, join me and we'll rule the galaxy together, or something. Sure, right. Sure. Um, search it's, your feelings. It's an incredible- you know it to be true. It all works. Yeah. So on the day, nobody would have, nobody would have gone. Wait a second, this line doesn't make any sense. They would have went, right. "Oh, this is. Oh my God! Obi Wan killed Luke's father. What a, what a crazy twist!" Right. Yeah, it's it's an incredible accomplishment, right? That he kept such a big thing under wraps and there were no leaks. I mean, he had the what he had on his side was Twitter and social media didn't exist, so it's there's no way to anonymously just leak something out, but it's still impressive and nowadays when so many things get leaked out left, right and center, 
in the Hollywood kind of spot plot spoiler universe. Um, it's it's impressive. Yeah, he did it well. Like most of these actors, found out sitting in the theater at the premiere of the film. I I read a quote where um, Mark Hamill was sitting next to Harrison Ford in the preview, and and at the end, like in the credits, apparently Ford leaned over to Hamill and said, "Hey, kid." You never effing told me that. And Mark Hamill probably went, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. Um mm-hmm. Pete, do you uh do you think you could scrounge together some trivia if I asked you to? Oh, I more than one question, really. All right. I'm uh, I'm, I'm game if Jesse's game is you yeah, know, of course. So, so of course. I'm going to change. The, our previous guest on a Star Wars episode was uh, Carl Eastman. If yeah. you haven't heard the episode, give it a check out. That's I, I three had rat. Carl. <laughs> I had Carl and uh, Brady go against each other just because they generally don't like each other. In it's this true. circumstance, I will let Jesse and Brady work in tandem, so they're not pitted against each other. They can help each other, whatnot. Do I same ha- rules apply? Sounds good. Oh, Do I have to, or can I still? Can I say hell with Jesse and just compete against him anyways? Well, way to be a Sith I'm, Lord here. I'm not a very competitive person, so I just yeah. I, I, I feel I I feel like <laughs> I feel like if we have a guest on the show that doesn't know a lot about Star Wars, then right. then it makes sense for, you know, us to kind of work together. But I I'm, I'm getting the sense that Jesse knows Jesse knows his Star Wars, and so I kind of want to Yeah. Jesse, my questions, okay, well, we'll get into them, um, and we'll see who comes out on top. We've still got the rule of thumb that the winner Fair gets enough. a new car, right? so um, which is yeah, better, there's a which, lot on the line. Which is similar to the rule of two. <laughs> okay. okay, so, first question. Uh, in this installment, who dropped the line, I have a bad feeling about this? I, do you want us to answer, like... Is separately or what? Um, sure. Or just blurt out an answer, whatever. Uh, so my answer is that it's Han Solo on the deck of the Millennium Falcon. Okay, Jesse, any any guesses? Um, I think it could be Luke, and it could have been on Dagobah. Okay, you're both actually wrong, and it's Leia in the stomach of that meteor creature. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's right. It's Return of the Jedi. When I'll get the, I'll get that answer that question right eventually. It's it's yeah. It's in Return of the Ask it again in Return of the Jedi. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay. Next question. Boba Fett. Um, for being a peripheral character, he is very popular. Very strong following. A fan favorite. You would even say. Which is stupid, but, by the way. But yes, whatever. but though that might that'll get into this question. Considering his following, how many lines does Boba Fett have in this movie? And this is this is his original debut to the Star Wars galaxy. He made it into a new hope for like a scene in like the special edition, but we'll call this his debut. How many lines do you think he had in this movie? I'll let you go first, Jesse. Okay, um, I'm just trying to, I'm just 
trying to count in my head here. Um, yeah, me too. Je- Jesse, I, what I'd recommend, you've got all his lines tattooed on your left shoulder, <laughs> so just go find a mirror and you should get this. Um, um, Brady, do you want to give it I'm, hazard I'm, against? I'm going to say one. Okay, okay. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Okay, Brady? Um... Hmm. I think he has four, and I okay. think I can name them all. Like I think I can um, quote them. So you, so you're both wrong, but you could name most of them, Brady. He had five lines. What is the fifth? I don't actually have them all in front of me, but they're according to my sources. He had five. Okay, so the four that I can think of, sure, is as you wish. Okay, he's no good to me, dead. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. <laughs> right. And put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Yeah. I can't think of a fifth one, so I'm I'm gonna challenge you on that. I'm gonna contest that. But we'll. Uh, well, we can look that up off off the air, and maybe in our bonus segment we can uh, we can revisit that. As as so, just as a piece of conversation, it is crazy how popular he is because literally he had five lines in this movie. But he was actually never even referred by name. The only he's referred by name by Princess Leia in the two thousand four Blu ray edition. Um, so they added it in. Leia's like, oh, tending to Luke and says a bounty hunter named Boba Fett took Han Solo. But prior to that, so in the original release, he wasn't even mentioned by name. Right. He is he is mentioned in Return of the Jedi. But I, yes, I guess yes. maybe not this. Yeah. But not in this. So it's okay. it's amazing how popular he was, and he literally said nothing of consequence and wasn't even mentioned by name. All right. Fair enough. Um, compared to... Oh, so the next question, here we go. Compared to A New Hope, Darth Vader has a lot more autonomy as a character and has increased relevance to the flow of the movie in Empire. Okay. So And actually, he, he earned his own theme because this was the introduction of the Imperial March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Considering he only had 12 minutes of screen time in A New Hope, what is your guess for his screen time in Empire Strikes Back? Are you giving us options? I can. Would you like me to? Um, that would be good, I think. Sure. Okay, sure. So 12 minutes in A New Hope. So I'll give you four options. 10, 13, 18, or 22. Hmm... I'm going to say 18. Okay. Brady? 10, 13, 18, or 22? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 13. I'm going to okay. say I'm going to say he only had like a minute more. Yeah. So Brady is actually correct. And it's incredible how much more involved and central to the whole moving of this movie he was. But he's he got, relatively had the same amount of screen time. He's got a fight Rel- Like relatively. He yes. definitely got more presents for sure. Yes. Yeah. I found that I found that impressive because when I when we were doing New Hope and the twelve minutes, it was like, wow, he was barely in this thing, but he was just used differently in Empire, and he just seemed that he was more involved. So, okay. yeah. It, uh, it, just out of context, Luke had thirty-four minutes, and Han and Leia had about twenty-three each. So, these movies do definitely central centralize and focus more on the 
good characters, obviously. Right. Okay, so this one I'm I think could be fun. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe it won't be. If not, then I apologize to everyone who's listening. Well, one of them is bound to be. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh so this question is an appendage count. How many times um, how many times whoa. is what? Whoa, an appendage count? <laughs> yeah, how many times is a limb lost in this film? Oh my gosh. Uh, um would you, did you did you find this on the internet or are you just counting i did find it on the internet okay um yeah. are you giving us options i feel like this is an options kind of question. no 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 okay um oh god just a, just a guess it's it's just for fun I can Nothing. count four off the top of my head. Well, there's, there's, right, okay, I should just count them. There's that one <laughs> and that one. <laughs> the, right. I'm going to say, ooh, there's a trick question. Okay. I'm going to say four as well. Could, just out of curiosity, could you sound out the four? Like, what were your four? Okay, so uh, 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 the Wampa loses his arm. Okay. Yeah. Right, Luke cuts it off. Um, yeah. Uh, Vader cuts off Luke's hand. Right. And yeah. then the one that's kind of tricky is C-3PO loses both arms when he's yeah. destroyed that's what I was thinking. by the, you know. Right. Yeah. So you guys nailed it. You nice. got it. Nice. That was kind of I a wanted trick to, question. I wanted to also try and like throw in a curveball and maybe like make it like living organism arms and try and work that into the wording, but you guys nailed it. I, I just kept it simple. Nice. Um, this might be the last one, depending <laughs> on. Actually, just cur- curiosity because it, it it depends if I ask a question or not. What version did you watch, Brady, and what version did you watch, uh, Jesse? I watched the um, uh, the Blu-ray special, like the newest, with all the changes and everything. Okay, and Jesse, I have only ever watched the um, the one with all the changes. So, so just to confirm, uh, but the, not not as Blu-ray. Oh, so that's so, interesting because I've got some I got some fun things to talk about in a minute. So, so just to confirm, you guys. When you watch the scene with Darth Vader and the Emperor, it's actually Ian McDermott. It's, it's Ian McDermott. No, Mc, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, not, see, I watch the only the only versions I watch are the VHS, so it's not him. Okay, it's Clive. And this Rebel. is going to, and it's yeah, and actually, so it's played by an elderly woman, and they superimpose chimpanzee eyes on her. Yeah. And but the voice she's not voicing it. A guy named Clive Revel is voicing it. And yes, there's a that's there's a Chinese woman that I can't quite remember the name of mm-hmm. that plays the physical. Yeah. So to me, which which yeah, but, anyway, but it's a we'll very deep this. voice. It's a very very yeah. kind of bolsterous yeah. kind of. Whereas now, of course, the emperor is like, oh, he's the sound of Skywalker. <laughs> that, that was awful. Oh my right. god! <laughs> okay, so the, in that case, since you guys haven't seen that same version as I have, oh, I've I have seen this it. is the, the 
This is the last question. I've, I've, se- wait, uh, whoa, I've seen it. It's just another one I watched this time. For sure, for sure. Okay. But, I, but I, it was about that superimposed eyes and whatnot, oh, so okay. there's no more questions. Oh, okay, all right. Um, have either of you tried an inversion table? And that's rhetorical. I don't actually care if you have, so don't answer. Okay. There is a recurrence of our protagonist being inverted and connecting with the force. How often does this occur in this movie? Um, well, one... Um, uh, two. And to sound it out, like what times, what examples are you thinking of? Like when he and is three. busking I'm, in the streets? I'm going to say three. Okay. And when? What was he, what does he do? Well, I, I want to hear Jesse's answer first. Um, okay. I'm picturing two at the moment and I'm just trying to think if I can mm-hmm. think of the th- if there is a third one. Um, okay, three. I got three. Okay, sure. so my, my three Sound. are when he's hanging upside down in the Wampus Cave. Yep. Yeah. Um, when he's on Dagobah upside down with balancing Yoda on one foot and he's moving rocks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then after his arm has been cut off or his hand's been cut off and he's hanging off an antenna below Cloud City and he's mm. communing with um, Leia. Oh, Nailed. I had a different one for the third one. Oh, what did you have, Jesse? Which might be somewhat of a technicality. And mm-hmm. I just realized actually he's not connected to the Force. So never mind. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. But what was it? Uh, what was the mind. suggestion? I, I was thinking that he does... He does when he's fighting with Vader. Right, he jumps um, up out of the thing. He oh. jumps over and he flips upside down. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. When he's fighting with Vader. But Which, he's not right. directly. He, he could be using the force to. He's, he's not. To, it's definitely a force but. jump. Um, hmm. yeah, but it's fair. But it's not. I, I don't know if I would. I don't know if a flip. If I would consider that an inversion. Right. right. No. But. Right. So. No. I'll give you. You guys. That's you guys fair. got it. Is is a quick aside because it was related to my question. Is it not bothersome to you as, as it is to me how problematic it is that there's so many different renditions of these films exist? So the Star Wars that I watch isn't the same as the Star Wars you watch. Right. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a worldview that we need an individual experience for each same person, each individual person. Should there not right. be? Like, it bothers me how it's not quite standard. Well, I mean, it ha- they, they, they have standardized it a little bit. Um, in the sense that, and this kind of segues into what I want to talk about with the changes. Um, we did a, we had a big chat about the changes in a new hope. Um, there are fewer significant changes in, um, empire strikes back, but these changes are actually even maybe more polarizing, even though there's fewer. Um, right. Yeah. But, um, so the, the answer to, uh, the answer to the different versions is sure. essentially that um, uh, Lucas, before he sold Star Wars to Disney, mm-hmm. said, and and it was a part of the deal that this can't change. The newest version, the the Blu-ray special ever, special edition, is canon. 
the films that came before don't are the 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 previous versions aren't real. They're not oh they're not canon. So anything that's hmm. added or changed in the newer versions is the mm-hmm. accurate version. Like it or not, take it or leave it. Hmm. Okay. That's the way it is. Sure. So the three changes, yeah. three big changes yep. in this one. Okay. Um, one you've already touched on is the Emperor's mm. hologram. So, Very, Cl- yeah. so Clive Revel originally provided the Emperor's voice in Empire Strikes Back, while actress Majori Eaton betrayed mm. him physically wearing a mask, and then they superimposed the, you know, the yeah the monkey the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately they were replaced in 2004 with Ian McDermott. Right. which which uh, is which it, is cool it improves continuity yeah it's kind of one of those things where was it necessary not really does it kind of suck to the original participants that hey you know what you're no longer a part of star wars kind that's of true. right that sucks and it's and it's not it's not necessary right like you just kind of watching it i would i just kind of always understood hey you know this is before they had really fleshed out the idea who the emperor was um because they change his dialogue a little bit too like the the lines aren't word for word the same either Mm. right so there's been some changes there the other one was also a recasting oh boba fett oh boba fett's dialogue in the original film was recorded by jason wingreen Subsequently, Attack of the Clones revealed Boba Fett to be a clone of Jango Fett, played by um, uh, the Hawaii guy. He's an Islander. Um, Mm -hmm. Momoa. No. No. (laughs) His last name is Morrison. Um, Anyways, um, to reflect the fact that Morrison was, you know, is the clone... He yep. re-recorded Boba Fett's lines, and they were super. They were imposed over the 2004 DVD release of the film. Sure. So that's another, you know, a, a second time during that movie that they're, they're like, "Hey, for continuity's sake, we're going to recast." Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one, and the one that um, uh, those ones don't really bother me. The one sure. that I think is a detriment to the film is in the Wampa scene. So in mm. the original theatrical release of the film. We don't ever see the Wampa, ever. Correct. We hear grumbling. We hear him, you know, kind of move. We see shadows. And again, mm-hmm. there's that fear. Of, it's kind of like what we were saying in the last episode with Jabba the Hutt. Mm. Um, yes. Th- there was that fear, that anticipation. It, your imagination was in charge of what the Wampa looked like. Whereas, Your imaginations are more powerful than any special effect. Absolutely. So, but in the yeah. new one, I mean, you you basically have a full frontal shot of the mm-hmm. of the Wampa. You get to see exactly what he looks like. Right. Um, so you know that's that's uh. So so you mentioned like them not being necessary, Jesse. What do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, to me. I kind of see the merit in doing it just for continuity, but I also think are any of these changes necessary? Mm, what are your, mm. what are your thoughts? I think um, so. I mean, I in some ways, I'm I, not having seen the earlier versions. I'm sure. I'm I'm not really. Um, I, I'm I I I have no particular investment in any of them. Um, right. So it's it's kind of easy for me to say. Uh, doesn't doesn't really matter um but on the other hand um 
and I, I know this may be an unpopular opinion, um, because I think, I think many people sort of see things like Star Wars as sort of belonging to the fans, which is a whole other conversation. But I, I, I've tended always to see it as, you know, like this is if this is a piece of if this is a piece of film, if this is a piece of artwork, it's George mm-hmm. Lucas's art. And if he wants to change it and if he wants to fine tune it and if he had a vision for it, you know, and, and he wasn't fully able to realize that at the time and now he can, um, right. then that's kind of, I, I think, his prerogative to be able to do that. And <laughs> and I think that that um, the fans can't really say too much to that i think really because i i yeah i i guess i just think it's it's kind of his prerogative if he wants to to change those things it, it's if, if if you can imagine if you had been had put your heart and soul into a project and you had a vision for it and it hadn't it didn't quite turn out the way you wanted it to and mm. then the ability to to perfect it to the to your vision was made available yeah. to you, you you'd probably want to take it yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting point, Brady. If I put my heart and soul and if I was that person who originally portrayed the emperor and I got the boot, I'd be so disappointed. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when it comes down to, you know, Jesse said oh, it's a conversation of its own. I don't think it is a conversation. I think that film fans in general, myself included, Pete included, Jesse, I don't know you, but you included, uh, if you are a film fan, you are, or at some point in your life, have been a entitled, whiny little <laughs> snot-nosed brat, <laughs> and it is, and, and and it's true, right? People go, oh, well, you know, the new the new Star Wars movie came out, and it's not that's not Star Wars, that's not true to what Star Wars is. Well, yeah, by by definition, this is the new Star Wars film. Yeah. So so right. so it is. This is Star Wars. This is what it is. If you, you don't have to like it, right? right. It was like in no. uh, it was like in the Last Jedi. People were like, "Oh, you know, the Leia and she does the the thing where she's in space and she, Leia uses the Force to right. like sustain herself." And you can't do that with the Force. And the answer is apparently you can. <laughs> yeah, you don't even you don't have to like it or even agree with it, but you you have I think you have to accept that it is what it is. Yeah, fair. And it's the fair. same. Luke would never do that. Luke just did. Get over yourself, mm. right? right? Like I, right. it's you know you don't have to like it, but you're not in charge. It's right. not it's it's not your IP, so you don't you know you don't get to make that you, you know if if you want to be the change, go mm. go work at Disney. Be, work your mm. way up. Be be an executive, the guy that gets Ooh. to watch the film and say, "Ooh, you know, I don't really think that um, that that's what would happen. How about we how about we make this change, right?" I and, mean, that's a pretty simple accomplishment. I feel like that's we should all just do that. And and until like I, I know this is a rant, but until we're at that, until you're at that point, you don't have an opinion. So shut up. Right is really what it like. People who there were people were petitioning to have the Last Jedi removed from Star Wars canon. Get over so, yourself. Like I so say, I'm I'm gonna say I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, petitioning, yeah, that's a little lame. Like what you're gonna do, nothing. But I feel like people do and should and can have an opinion. They can have an opinion, 
and and they exercise it by not seeing a movie or saying hey i can definitely discern which is my least favorite star wars movie yeah but i yeah right but it doesn't mean you get to say oh can we just retcon that can we pretend that never happened the only person who can do that is disney right and right. and they shouldn't sure they shouldn't retcon things if you can right. explain properly how something happened in a way that you know if you can go back on something if you can change a decision and you can play it off as you know well really we didn't actually change it because if you look at it this way and if you can impress me with that if i go oh that's clever wow like yeah i i guess you're right that is how it is right like if they come back and say uh ray is a skywalker and she has been the whole time and we never said she wasn't and and this is the proof of that and if you can do that in a way that makes me go holy crap you're totally right then power to you Hmm. but if you just come in and go oh no it turns out he was turns out that's not true Uh, we changed our minds then no you can't you know you made a bad lie in it but so anyway you know no but i just for the sake of our listeners just tell us how you really feel about this though i no no you don't want to (laughs) know uh one last thing that i can think of and this is just kind of a fun side note um the the carbonite that han gets Mm. frozen in you remember as a kid and you can still get them um but it's like a little it's a toy and it's maybe six inches by 10 inches and it's got all the needle you like you put your hand in it and flip it over and it leaves like a an imprint of your hand there's like Mm. the it's got like a hundred or not a hundred it's got like a thousand little pins that like slide over and and then it's got the the piece of plexiglass so that you can see whatever indent has been left by that do you guys know what i'm talking about completely yeah i used to but (laughs) i can imagine i used to um i used to take and make an impression i would make the the han solo mouth open carbonite face and then I would do, make an impression of my face with it because it was like a silvery gray color. And I'd make an mm. impression of my face and pretend that it was, you know, my face frozen in carbonite. I was like, I don't know. I, mm. you know, we're, we're talking, you know, a while ago. I was like at least 18 or something at that point. But sure. Yeah. No, I was, yeah, I was a, a little kid. But to me, that was, you know, that was, I took a toy that wasn't a Star Wars toy and I made it a Star Wars toy. <laughs> so, and to this day if i'm out late at night and i've got a wicked like i've got a bright flashlight that's casting a beam you better believe that flashlight becomes a lightsaber so damn fast like <laughs> you know it's it's star wars is the thing that you know turns automatic me doors it turns automatic me into doors. a little kid all over again right do you, I'm like, do I'm, you wave your hand at the automatic doors Oh, yeah. oh right. absolutely, absolutely. The last, <laughs> the, the last, one of the last places I worked uh, was at a retail place, and it had the the opening doors. And every time, it'd be the two fingers, and I would just kind of, <laughs> I would just kind of like swipe the two fingers to the side, and uh, right. yeah. And every time, I was like, oh, friggin' a, like you know, this is I, I am a Jedi. That's, right. that's the only possible explanation for this. Um, hmm. Do either of you have anything else in regards to the Empire Strikes Back that you would like to insert into the listeners' ears? Two two I, brief things. Oh my god! One, okay. 
as a child, it's so cool to watch a movie as a child and then watch it through an adult lens. And something about this is so simple, but I love it. I just love that I read, and maybe I should have just realized this, the shots where Luke was force pulling the lightsaber to his hand to escape was actually just to film it. They shot him throwing the lightsaber and then played it in reverse. And I just love the simplicity of it. I just love it. And as a kid, I remember watching these being like, what magic did they use to shoot these scenes of force grabbing lightsabers? And in reality, it was just so simple. But one thing, we've all at this table, and we're not actually even at the same table, we've all seen Django Unchained. And there's an uncomfortable scene where Leonardo DiCaprio kind of has this long monologue of making everyone around him, including the audience, just completely uncomfortable. And our two protagonists are sitting there, like, watching the sweat drip down their necks, going, ugh, what have we gotten ourselves into? I feel like if... um, I'm I'm not saying there should be a remake of The Empire Strikes Back, but I'm saying if there were ever an additional scene, I think there could be something similar in concept to this when Vader invites Han for lunch, quote-unquote, and they're all just sitting at the table and Vader's cutting up his steak and Django or uh, uh, Boba Fett's sitting there and just all our protagonists are sitting there uncomfortable while Darth Vader's just throwing things around metaphorically in the air and chewing on... Well, I guess he's not chewing, but he'd put steak up to his mask and sniff it. <laughs> I Something about that, I think that would make a good scene. But those are my only two thoughts. My only takeaway from that comment is every scene that I watch that has Leonardo DiCaprio in it, I interpret as a disturbing scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely fair. Does, doesn't, that's does, fair. Doesn't matter, like, doesn't matter what film it is. Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack. Like... Oh, okay. That's, uh, oh, I thought you were you've you've never Django. used that in you've never used that in conversation. Oh, I I never with a female. <laughs> I oh. yeah. Okay, fair uh, Jesse, is there anything you want to add? Uh, yeah. There's uh, just one thing that I wanted to add, which which um, we we don't have to delve too deeply into because it's it's a huge rabbit hole. But just something hmm. I just wanted to comment that. Um, um, cool your listeners might want to look up that's something i think that's of interest um and this this is more broadly to do with star wars in general um but um is 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 star wars ring theory um Mm. and and i i talked a little bit earlier about sort of the the nesting of the the theme or the nesting of the the acts and and i i'm kind of drawing that from from this um from from, and, and from if you just look up uh, www.starwarsringtheory.com um, hmm. there's an essay by a guy named Mark, Mike Klimo um, and he basically lays the whole idea out um, that uh, Star the, the whole the six films, the six films that Lucas did um, there there's actually a lot more complexity to the way they're all related um, and and the that they actually operate um, almost like music or almost like a poem um, and Lucas has mentioned that in in, in interviews before as well um, and there's there's a uh, a professor at the University of Toronto named Anne Lancashire um, who he quotes um, in this essay and who, who he's drawing the, the ideas from um, but uh, we could have a whole other conversation about this but I, 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 I it, it's a really fascinating read um, if, if you are are interested in 
in um, delving further into that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have Jesse, to look into that. I've that's Je- I've, yeah. Jesse's shared this with me before, so those of you listening, check it out. And I'm by no stretch, of, like by no means, a Lucas apologist at all. Like I've, I'm, I'm not in the camp of let's build a statue of how much of a genius he is and name all the men after him in, in our society. But uh, upon reading this article on the Ring Theory, it's like, okay, this is actually pretty cool and it's pretty strategic how you've made these six movies. I'll give you that. All right. Yeah. I'm, Brady? Like Brady? I said, I'm going to look into it. Cool. Brady, what, what would you like to add about the Empire? Nothing. Cool. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, yeah. No, cool. the only thing the only thing I'd like to do is uh ask Jesse what he watched this week. Oh. Oh, okay. Um sorry, Pete. I think, I, I'm, uh, I think... I'm more interested in Jesse. <laughs> uh, I actually I am too. Jesse's interesting. Um well, thanks guys. Um I I think I only watched one film this past week. Oh my cool. god. Um, <laughs> I started a second one, but I didn't get very far into it. Oh, you're um, one of them. I watched. <laughs> I was really tired, and I had already finished watching the first film. I I, mm. I, I did. I watched. Um, I watched a show this week, but since we're talking about movies, I won't bring that up. Sure. Um, but I I watched a film called The Beguiled, oh. um, which is a Sofia Coppola film. Um, if you've seen. Lost in Translation, um, uh, or somewhere. Um, don't don't bring that up with Brady. He's not he's not enlightened. He's <laughs> he's not a he's not a Lost in Translationer. Awful film. Okay. Oh my well, God. well, it, this is her most recent film, um, and cool. it it um, basically is set at a, in an all girls school in um, the Deep South during the Civil War. Oh, and I'm. I just googled the. I remember seeing this. Go on, this looks amazing. And uh, Colin Farrell plays a, like an Irish immigrant who's who's um, serving in the military on the north. And and this this he he's injured and in the woods. And and one of the students from this school um, finds him, and they sort of they they take him in, and then yeah. Um, some kind of craziness ensues, um, but it's very. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's. It's a. It, it's definitely not going in my my top ten or anything like that. It, it 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 didn't. It wasn't quite as good as I would think. I was hoping it would be. Um, mm. It. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's quite straightforward. Um, but it's 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 very atmospheric. So like I think just in terms of watching it for like the time period and the atmosphere and um, um, it's worth watching alone for that. And the performances are also excellent. Um, hmm. Colin, Colin Farrell and uh, Kirsten Dunst and um, oh um, who else was in it? Nicole Kidman looks like Nicole Kidman was in it, and yeah. um, Ellie Fanning uh, apparently. Elle Fanning, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so good performances, really good atmosphere, just an interesting, um, 
if you're if you're all interested in that sort of time period and that that world or and, and anything anything to do with that or if you like Sofia Coppola's films um, hmm. um, if you if you liked Marie Antoinette or somewhere or or any of those um, then it's definitely worth checking out cool cool all right well what did you watch this week Pete I watched your recommendation of Aquaman. Oh, okay. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> it's it's not it's not anything worth writing home about. But if I uh, if you take sorry yeah. if you take the movie and you compare it to some of the other DCEU films that we've gotten, okay, I would say that this one. There are definitely worse DCEU films than Aquaman. Yeah, but that's like saying, like, hey, instead of getting diagnosed with hepatitis, you just got pneumonia. Oh, wow. You really didn't like this. Yeah, I gave it... I I did not enjoy it. Okay. And, And you alluded to it, like, it's just far, far too CGI heavy very cgi heavy very and and although i love me some wilhelm defoe yeah this whole movie i just got really really bored like i couldn't believe how little i was invested in this movie i was actually really surprised because um just it looked like a cool movie and i guess there's i feel like aquaman is the superhero that's made fun of on the playground like compared to batman and superman and so I was hoping this movie would kind of vindicate him and like just kind of be like, hey, like Aquaman has a place in this universe too. And I'm not saying he doesn't, but this movie didn't convince me. Wow. Okay. I mean, for me, it was it was fun. It was like it's a kind of a fun throw it on and forget about it kind of movie, maybe. But it's yeah, it's not a it's not a glue you to the screen kind of yeah. film. Yeah. I guess just to me, like my final thought is just. Unlike most MCU movies that even if I don't care about that character, for the most part, I can watch them and be like, hey, that was a fun two hours. Or, hey, like, I will never watch it again, but that was entertaining. This, I didn't, like, I just, I I gave it a 3.3 out of 10. So it's in the no Wi-Fi at the cottage and it's on VHS category. I might watch it. Okay. That's, that's becoming a... That's becoming a category for us. That's sort of a, <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't watch much else, so I'll just wait to tell you. Should I tell you my recommendation then? Because that's the only other thing I watched. Sure. Um, so I, I watched, my recommendation is also what I watched. So it's a 2015 movie called Remember. And the only thing, have you heard of it? Um, not off the top of my head, no. Okay. So I'm just going to say a couple of quick things just to let you know what it's about uh all i'm gonna say is it stars christopher Plummer, and my disclaimer is it's kind of it's a pretty serious movie and it's very solemn like it's not light it just deals with like the macro topic of individuals who survived like the holocaust like a mass genocide and then on a micro level like it's this specific individual who struggles with this but also it's compounded by his um dementia so it's an it's just an interesting movie and i want you to watch it all right um huh (laughs) i kind of feel like uh i don't know in some ways i feel like i've got this duty now to (laughs) recommend things to you that are going to top 
either the jerk or toys <laughs> in this category of movies that you won't like. But um, which I think is going to happen this week, but very uninten- cool. very unintentionally. Um, okay. okay. So, uh, anyways, the first thing I watched was Independence Day. Oh, cool. Yep. Um, and I mean, it's good. It's you know, Independence yeah. Day is by today's standards, it's kind of goofy. Mm. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's Independence Day. It's a classic. It's got yeah. a star-studded cast. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very, um, it's very like, cause it came out in the nine, late nineties, right? Yeah. And, 1996, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's got that feel like a lot of movies mm. in the nineties kind of yep. had that. And maybe even early two thousands kind of have yep. this, um, military apocalyptic, mm. Yes, you know space travel or defending the home front from alien like you know uh, so it's it's kind of a tired um it's kind of a tired plot right it's been stretched like it's been used a lot but i would say of all of the ones that do it independence day is up there as far as one of the best ones yeah yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jeff Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith, like what else do you, yeah. what else do you need in a movie? Yeah, absolutely. Um I also watched uh Toy Story 4. Mm. You you're you're rewatching a lot of the movies we've reviewed. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, sort of just as they've they're, you know, right. they're all kind coming of just out. coming out um yep. on home video. Yeah. Sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, Toy Story 4 was one of the ones that when we, when we watched it and we reviewed it, I wasn't mm-hmm. crazy about it. Okay. Um, and so I, I wanted to rewatch it and see if that mm-hmm. changed. Sure. Um, and I think, I think it changes a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I still, it still wasn't the emotional ending that I was right was promised um but yeah i i you know i don't know i still just don't really care about bonnie as a kid and (laughs) right like to me they're still they're andy's toys and for sure um and i think this time the first time we watched it i had i could not wrap my head around what they were thinking with spoiler alert for Toy Story Four, um, mm. with getting Woody to to uh, okay, maybe I won't even spoil it. Um, I'll I'll just say that I I the first time we watched it, I couldn't wrap my head around what how they ended, what they were thinking when they ended Woody's story the way that they did. Um, right, I was kind of right. it seemed not true to who Woody is and all of this. I don't know. It just right. kind of bent me in the wrong direction. And okay. and watching it this time, I still don't think I like what they did. Um, okay. But I think I, I think I, I could see what they were shooting for this time. Like I mm. kind of, you know, 
right. there's a little more understanding about it. Um, right. You're, you're a little more at peace with yeah. it. Uh, the other film that I watched, which I'm going to recommend to you, mm. okay. um, is one of those films, and I feel like I've said this a lot, and True. it turns out that um, every single time you don't end up liking them, but... <laughs> this is a film that you are uh, you are likely to enjoy more if like if you're gonna wa- if if watching this for the first time happens this okay. week you're okay. pro- you're probably not gonna be blown away by it okay but if you grew up with it mm. then you know okay. then then you'll enjoy it um, okay. so piggybacking off the theme of Toy Story. Um, sure. In the first two story, Toy Story movies prior to his passing away, uh, Slink, yep. Slinky Dog was played by an actor named Jim Varney. Oh, yeah. Um, and Jim Varney uh, was in several movies. Um, yep. but, but the character that really made Jim Varney famous mm. was uh, his, his character of Ernest P. Worrell. Oh, right. Um, and, and it was kind of one of those, he started, he started out like they were doing movies, uh, or, or TV commercials with him. He was like a TV commercial character and he was marketing. He did like literally, I watched a documentary about it. He did literally over like 7,000 commercials as, Holy as Ernest. Yeah. So, and then anyways, someone said, Hey, people love this guy. We should, we should do a movie. Make and there's, movie. there's like a Christmas one and there's a. There's a Halloween one. There's all kinds of different, right? Like they just kind of right. kept making them and, and doing a, a direct-to-home kind of thing. Um, sure. Anyways, the first one they did, mm. and the one that I'm recommending for you is a movie called Ernest Goes to Camp. All right. And it's just kind of a fun, heartfelt, um, you know, it's very reminiscent of a lot of films from the early 90s. Or, uh, family films, kid kid right, movies right. from the early nineties. Sure. Um, yeah, and and yes, it's ridiculous, and yes, it's over the yep. top. Um, yep. But I want you when you watch it just to really analyze Jim yeah. Varney's performance. Um, sure. And uh, you know, because it's kind of one of the it's kind of like Mr. Bean in the sense that you can watch mm-hmm. Mr. Bean and people go, okay, well he's just being. He's right. just being stupid and over the top he's and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. if you really break down Rowan Atkinson's performance when he's doing right. Mr. Bean, right. it's it's so intricate. Right. And so much work goes into the nuances of it. So, right. Yeah. So that's my... I, you know. I think you're in for some good news because... I do think your perception of me is a, is that of a robot because you'll recommend all these child like these movies that are important to childhood and I'm, I'm like I ripped them apart <laughs> this is a movie that I of all the Ernest movies it's the only one I saw as a child okay I don't remember any of it um so I'm actually I've been curious to rewatch it as an adult so I'm actually kind of pumped that you recommended that yeah so there's hope so it'll be in your favor because at least I've seen it before as a child so it won't just be like a grown-ass man watching it and being like what is this okay so i've got I, I think the odds are ever in your favor but i'm not promising anything okay i i yeah. will i will say i don't think it's it's not my favorite earnest film okay sure. um but it's one of the i i would say 
being the first Ernest movie, it's the best introduction to him. They're all kind of standalone cool. films. Like they didn't, none of them really build off of the one that came before. Um, oh, sure. But this one, this one kind of treats you like you don't know who he really is going into it. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I don't know that. That's I'm good. I'm, I think that kind of wraps it up. I'm content. Thanks again, Jesse, for honestly, chi- Jesse, chilling out I, with us. Uh, looking into your eyes right now, I want to thank you for being an honorary movie man and uh, joining really, us on the show. You're really not, and I feel like I feel like it's a not good to lie to people, Pete. And, <laughs> yeah, he's and and b yeah. the fact that like just based on audio alone, people will know that he phoned in. Like, yeah, we we never saw him face to face. Yeah, his Je- resume was really good, so we let him join the show. So. Jesse phoned in for this uh, for this appearance, and and mm-hmm. and Pete phones in, pretty much in everything he does in life. He's just kind of phoning yeah. it in. Yeah. yeah. So it's a continuing theme. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, yeah. until uh, you know. Until we phone it in next time. Until Pete phones it in next time, and I give uh, an Oscar-worthy performance. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, kind of how yeah. this works. We will. Thank, uh, thank- yeah. What? Thanks for listening. Thanks thank, for listening. Everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. There are <laughs> there are so many better things you could have done with the last hour and a half. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. I mean, right. you know. But thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for your lack of judgment when it comes to what you, time management. Yeah, time management and uh, you know, surveying what is decent entertainment and what is. <laughs> What is not. So, okay, until next time. Bye-bye.